Hello, friends, and welcome to another edition of In Depth with Beth and Seth, everybody's favorite podcast from Plymouth Church in Minneapolis. My name is Seth Patterson, and I am your Minister for Spiritual Formation and Theater. And as always, I am joined by my friend and colleague, Beth Hoffman Faith. Good morning, Beth. Good morning, Seth. Good morning, or hello, whatever time of day it is for everyone else who might be listening. I am Beth Hoffman Faith, and I am the Minister for Congregational Care and Worship at Plymouth Congregational Church in Minneapolis. So yesterday here at Plymouth was Earth Sunday. It was a service designed by a small group coming out of our Climate and Environmental Justice Committee, and it featured lots of photos and videos of people reading letters about what they are hoping and demanding, I think, at times, what people will do around saving our planet. Uh, It was full of beautiful music and a sermon that our colleague Dwayne preached, which is called Stewardship of Creation or what kind of people ought we to be? And he used the passage from 2 Peter chapter 3, 11 through 13, just a tiny little piece. But this service was quite a thing. Before we get into the sermon, I want to talk a little bit about the whole service, especially because we did this service of sort of lament and celebration around the earth at the end of a week in which a verdict in the ex-police officer Derek Chauvin trial came out. There was a lot at hand. And and in this city and in this region, there was a lot of breath of relief. There was a lot of expression of the work must go on. And it was Earth Day. And then we had Earth Sunday. It's been a big week, Beth. (laughs) Indeed, it has. Just a note about the worship service. I thought it was just a beautiful creation, including many generations of people and lots of beautiful imagery of our gorgeous environment and people that abide within it. And I want to offer just so many kudos to the planning team. I know they worked really hard on it and uh, maybe discovered that putting together a worship service isn't as easy as one might think it is. There's a lot of moving parts. I'm grateful to our children and uh, Marie Schultz, our director of the youth choir, because their pieces were just a really meaningful and touched my heart in a lot of ways. I just, I thought that the the whole service was beautiful and it held together well. And there was this obvious theme that wove its way through it all. And I wonder if people sort of responded with a, a bit of a, a release, a sigh as they experienced worship yesterday because of the week that we had in the cities. Um, and the verdict did not go unnamed or unnoticed in our worship yesterday lifted it up in a variety of ways, which is important, but it didn't feel disconnected either. No. Like having an earth Sunday service on the week of the verdict in the Chauvin trial felt like it was exactly as it was meant to be. Weird how that works, huh? Mm-hmm. Well, and then as you and I have talked the last couple of weeks, or at least several times in the last month with all that's been happening is Dwayne had to put together his sermon. We record on Thursday. The verdict was Tuesday, but he had been asked to preach on Earth Day months ago. So Mm -hmm. there was a lot of competing, potentially competing pieces of his time in that. I think he did a very nice job at weaving these things together, which we'll get to in a second. I agree. And and I know that he was like had drafts of different 
possibilities if the verdict had gone a different way, what he was going to say. That's just a tremendous burden for a preacher to have to think about for a variety of outcomes while producing a message. And some of you, I hope, have seen Duane's powerful moments recorded following the verdict, perhaps on the steps of Westminster Church, where he and other senior clergy from downtown churches gathered right after the verdict was read and offered a statement, but also at George Floyd Square when Duane offered a really powerful benediction uh, at the end of the vigil. A benediction, not benediction. That's true. Yeah. It was a charge, though, I would say. Mm-hmm. And you can find all those on Plymouth's Facebook page. Mm-hmm. I just, that sense of being pulled in very many directions and then, you know, having to come to Thursday, which happened to be Earth Day itself to record the worship for Earth Sunday, which was a few days later. I was praying for him last week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I said at a staff meeting on Tuesday, I'm glad I had to preach the week before, mm. which was, as we talked about last week, also one of those weeks where there was really a lot of things. Yeah. yeah. So it is not over. We have not solved anything, but accountability has has happened and hopefully continues to galvanize the work that needs to be done in this city and in this country. And another sort of plug and endorsement for our clergy team. I know that I'm grateful in these weeks that I'm I'm not bearing this tremendous responsibility alone. That we are sharing and figuring out how to support one another, whether we're called to speak publicly or preach a sermon or or whatever. There is great benefit in being with with others, with fine, stellar colleagues along the way. I'm grateful. Absolutely. And our fine and stellar colleague preached quite a sermon on Sunday, yesterday for us. And so the first thing I want to bring up is his choice of scripture, this second Peter It's very short, so I'm just going to read it. Since all these things are to be dissolved in this way, what sort of persons ought you to be in leading lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be set ablaze and dissolved and the elements will melt with fire? But in accordance with his promise, we wait for new heavens and a new earth where righteousness is at home. And the reason I bring that up is that is not the kind of passage that is normally preached at Plymouth. I, I feel as if Dwayne handled it deftly, but it is the kind of thing that, generally speaking, people who come to Plymouth avoid this sort of eschatological piece of the New Testament, where they speak of the end times. That That is not who we are culturally. In my four and a half years here, my understanding do you agree? Eschatological. That's quite a big word, Seth. It is. You want to explain a little bit about what that means? Now, to be clear, this is different than scatological, which is a different thing. Eschatol- eschatology is the part of theology concerned with uh, the end times, the death and uh, judgment and the final destiny of one's soul or, or humankind. It plays into concepts of heaven. It plays into um, concepts of messianic returns. I was going to say the second coming of Christ. Yeah. It, it has a lot to do with how one will be judged for their choices, their behaviors, their, their lives when this happens. The rapture. And, and that is not something we talk a lot about at Plymouth. We don't sit 
in this concept of judgment all that often. So it was surprising to me to hear it. But what I really liked about it is it took this thing that I personally would often try to avoid and placed it into something that I feel very passionate about, which is the stewardship of creation. And Duane was able to take this concept of the end and place it into, well, we, we are right now in a crisis in which the end of some, the end of what the earth has been up until now could come. Well, right. As scripture says in this little pericope, the coming of the day because of which the heavens will be set ablaze and dissolved and the elements will melt with fire. Isn't that exactly what we're all pretty worried about? Well, most of us anyway. I was going to say, if it was all of us, we'd probably be doing things differently. But it does seem to be a, a, a larger majority than it has been. But yes, exactly. That of heat, of what that heat causes, the death, mm-hmm. the destruction, the, the chaos that it causes. And But he picks out this question, what kind of person ought we to be? Which is a wonderful is, question. It's an excellent question that he asks at least a half a dozen times of us. So I don't think anyone can leave the sermon not hearing that question and living with that question. But darn it, Dwayne, he didn't answer the question. <laughs> Did you expect him to? <laughs> no, I just wanted Beth, him to. Here is how you ought to be, Beth mm. Hoffman Faith. Here's the answers for you. Yeah, please. Come on. Just tell me. Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> would you? Would any of us believe him even if he said it? And not him, but anybody. Like if somebody tells you the right answer, do we ever listen until we figure it out for ourselves? It depends on the question, but point taken. Yes, I know. I know this is a question we are meant to wrestle with. We are meant to live into as we consider what it means to be a steward. This is the continued conversation that we're having about stewardship. We've had the stewardship of doubt, the stewardship of our anger, and now we have the stewardship of our planet uh, and creation. Something that struck me in the sermon that I think I'd thought about before, but maybe maybe not quite in the way that he did it. And also, I think I had sort of a Hollywood version of, of humanity. It was always, it was my sense that when things got bad for our globe, for our sort of broad human planet, that, that we would bind together. And maybe that's just being a young person and watching the movie Independence Day. Do you remember that movie, Beth? I do. And in that moment when the aliens are coming in, the whole world came together to save our planet from the destruction that was coming from the sky. Well, what I think I've witnessed instead is that when crises happen, we fracture and we fight each other over the scraps instead. Mm -hmm. We don't bind together. We don't come together in the ways at least I imagined. And so Duane does talk a bit about unity, but in the other direction, he says, in a world and economy driven by division, ideology and competition, the one area where there has been surprising, consistent unanimity has been in the exploitation of the earth for our comfort, progress and profit. And when I heard that, it it made me sit up and think, oh, we are unified but on the wrong side of this. Well, right. We all participate in the destruction, but we still are at great odds over whether what we do really has any consequence. Right. That's where the argument is. People who deny global warming, who say that climate change isn't real. And yet those of us who certainly want to honor the earth still participate in behaviors and practices that are destructive to the earth. We have a lot of work to do, Seth. We do. And you said the argument is, and I just want to remind us all that the argument is not really an argument. 
just because one out of 100 people or one out of 500 scientists question the human involvement in global warming does not make it an argument. Just because there are some people who, for whatever reason, deny this does not make it a valid argument. Except sometimes those people wield a lot of power and don't allow for things that need to happen for healing of the earth to happen. That's true. Yeah, we keep reelecting them, don't we? Yes, we do. We keep hiring them to be talking on places or preaching from places. And so then I guess the responsibility, which I think is what I gleaned from this sermon, it, it really comes back to us. It's our individual, who are we going to be? What kind of person are we? And we have to make it personal. Like What kind our, of people are we to be? Right. Our, how are we individually going to steward the earth and join with others who also want to uh, be good stewards too? And one of the ways that Plymouth has responded is our leadership council has set a direction that we are 100% renewable in our electricities, in our sources of electricity. We have solar panels on our roof. We have a subscription to a solar farm and a wind farm, and that will increase at the new budget year. Uh, we just started the Green Fund, which is a way for people to give money and offset their own carbon so that they can invest in this place so that it can be carbon free. And then we can help others become carbon free. And it is a great uh, initiative on the part of our climate environmental justice group, as well as uh, with the backing of the deacons and our stewardship committee. Yes, absolutely. This will not solve anything, but it will be an incremental move towards helping. And if we all followed these kinds of incremental moves, then things can move faster and we can have some hope. It's like Duane preached. It is within our human power to be healers of the earth. It is. And we can turn the tide through our own actions. So we can't sit back and just think it's somebody else's job to do. Just like all of the justice work, all of the stewarding work, we need to be in this fully in it, fully vested in it. And like a lot of things I feel like you and I have talked about, there's that tension right between what I can do and what we can do. Hmm. I can only do so much. I mean, I can personally continue to reduce my consumption, but on a global scale, my consumption is minuscule, but I can help an institution like Plymouth. I can help a city and then I can do my part to help the whole, which then can make substantial difference. So it's both, I can't change this and I am absolutely necessary as part of the change. Yes. And in addition to really be able to claim that every little piece does matter, that not to think that we are inconsequential in the outcome, right. that we, we do have the capacity to make powerful change, even with very small incremental steps. May it be so. May we? Let's do that. May it be so. And it might be slightly uncomfortable and we may have to lose something and we may have to change, which is always the hard part. Mm. But what but kind of person ought we to be? How do we become the people our children need us to be? Mm. How do we become the kind of ancestors our descendants are asking for? I really hope we continue to ask ourselves that question and begin to live into it in a way that we begin to see some change occur. Amen. Amen. Thank you all for joining us again this week. It is an honor that you spend part of your day listening to us talk. <laughs> it is. I'm grateful for you. Be well. 